This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the July 24th edition of Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And I encourage you to tell your friends about all of the InvestTalk platforms, radio, podcasts, InvestTalk.com. I would definitely appreciate it. Our commitment to reason and common sense guidance, you know, is what we live by. They're trying to make everybody a better investor, even if you're doing it on your own. I don't have a problem with people doing it on their own. I think they can do it on their own. It just takes effort, time, patience, that kind of thing. So Justin and I, you know, we are really grateful for our listeners and subscribers to podcasts, and, you know, you can subscribe to iTunes, Google Play, and, and I do appreciate it. Now, let me remind you, our Bay, remind our Bay Area listeners, I will be returning to San Jose on August 29th for one-on-one meetings, portfolio reviews. You can register now at investtalk.com. But now, for those who are who are ready to improve your investing skills, you've come to the right place. KPP Financial has been producing this investor program for more than 20 years. 20 years. Say that. It's gone by fast. And your questions are why that you drive the show. So please give me a call. The number is 888-99-CHART. C-H-A-R-T. 888-99-CHART. Now, there was a lot of news today. I'll touch on several subjects of interest before the hour is up, I hope. But one topic I wanted to highlight here at the start of the program is your investing timeline. We've gone over this numerous times, but it, it always bears fruit to go over it again. Over time, the stock market rewards faithful investors, patient investors. So starting early can make a big difference. So I really want you to tell your kids to start early. Now, I've got some examples that I'm going to give you some to help you understand how powerful it is if you start early. Before that story, let's go to our phone calls. Here's a question that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Michael from New Jersey. I'd like to know a little bit about stocks in Canada. I have several of them, and they're very much impacted by strong dollar right now. Can you address this issue overall? And specifically, I'm looking at the telephone company in Canada, TELUS, T-U. If you can address that, would be great. Enjoy listening to your show. Thanks. Well, the dollar affects you know every other currency. It's always a, you know, a dollar versus foreign currencies, or foreign currencies versus dollar, however you want to say it. And if our dollar gets stronger than their currencies, our dollar buys more of their stuff. And in their currencies, their things get cheaper, right, in their currency uh, compared to our dollar. So a strong dollar, uh, I'm sorry, did I just say that backwards? I may have just said that backwards. Uh, so if we produce things and using a strong dollar and we try to sell our stuff to them, it's going to be more expensive. And their stuff they sell to us is going to be cheaper. So that's the, that's the issue. The currencies go up and they float. If it's 
if it's a free floating currency, which many of them are, they float against each other. And that usually there's a lot, a variety of things that will make them go up and down. But basically the strength of the economy, the durability of, of the economy, and, you know, our dollar being one of the main reserve currencies, people want to own it because it's so stable. So those things influence the 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 the, uh, the the dollar being stronger or weaker. Now, Telus Corporation, it's headquartered in Vancouver, uh, it provides a local exchange wireless internet or long distance services to residential businesses and customers. Thirty six dollars a share right now, um, and it pays a four point four percent dividend yield. So it's a foreign company traded on our exchange as an ADR, okay, American Depository Receipt symbol is TU. Has pretty darn good numbers. It looks similar to our own AT&T of Verizon as far as, but theirs, theirs grows a little bit better than ours. They're, they're growing sales 6-7% the last quarter, where if you're looking at AT&T, they shrank 2%. And Verizon, I've been talking about sales, uh, Verizon, all, about equal of Verizon, that's up about 5 Seven percent in the last two quarters. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with tell us. I, I would, if you own it, just hold on to it. The dollar will get weaker, and it will get stronger, and it will get weaker. Over long terms, some of the things that might affect the dollar to weaken is our debt. We have a ton of debt, and debt, and we're doing nothing about. So that might be a reason not to own. You know dollar denominated assets and Canadian dollar might eventually I think it will get stronger there are some very interesting statistics in a story published yesterday at usnews.com for investors the stock market can be powerful as we all know but it also can be destructive we know that too now if you've ever taken losses maybe you've wondered if you should stop investing well the answer is pretty simple and there's no other place that you can grow your money consistently, grow your nest egg consistently over time. And that over time part is the important. It's it not going to happen overnight. People think you can get rich quick. You, 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 it's possible, but not probable. You can get rich slowly, and that's more normal. And I'm going to give you some examples. Um, uh, we'll use an example, a 7% annual rate return, which is a little bit less than the stock market, okay? Because the stock market is about 9 okay? And we'll figure in about 2% inflation rate. Okay, example number one. Jack starts investing $200 a month when he's 25 years old. By age 65, he has about $520,000. Jill... Does the same thing, $200 a month, but she starts 10 years later at age 35. How much money is she going to have? Just 10 years later, same amount of money, same percentage return. She, instead of $520,000, which Jack got, you know, we got Jill got earned $245,000 when she reached 65. That's 10 years. It's less than half of what you earn because of compounding, because of length of time. If you did the same thing and you did it when you were 20, 20 years old, same thing. $763,000 by age 65. 
You have to start early. The earlier you start. Now, some of us can't because we're already older. But if you can convince your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, whoever, start early. Also, if you can do a little bit more than 200, the numbers get really impressive. For instance, if you did 500, which would be very difficult. I understand that. But let's say you did $500. Okay. Um, that would be close to 2 million bucks in 40 years. See, so it's really important to start early. You can do it. Now, we'll help you. You can get in touch with us if you want at investtalk.com or call our Dana Point California offices. But now I invite you to, to I invite you to ask your financial questions right now on our show. The listener line is 888-99-CHART. So what's going to be our featured talking points today? Sales of existing home declined for the third straight month. Three months in a row is a trend, everybody. So are we now seeing weakness in the home market? Now, experts blame supply shortages, and yeah, that's part of the reason. But I think we need to look at it a little deeper. Some of the other topics. What is a reversal day? Did you see what happened in the NASDAQ composite today? Would that be called a reversal day? Also, Venezuelan inflation is barreling toward a million percent. A million percent. At a million percent, what is that a day, by the way? What's the inflation rate a day? I want to talk about Venezuela. I remember when Venezuela uh, government was overthrown. They had a uh, democratically elected government, and they pretend they still do, but they don't. And I remember them nationalizing all the industries. And talking on this show, Venezuela was pretty healthy financially back then. And on this show, I said, this is going to turn out to be a disaster. So I want to talk about Venezuela. Here it is, what, 10 years later? I don't know how many years later, but about that. And finally, 35% of the S&P 500 companies are going to report their earnings this week. 35%. That's a huge number. So what have the earnings been like so far in this earnings season? What does it mean to us, you and me, everybody else? Those are things that we're going to talk about. Hopefully, you drive the show and you'll call and we'll talk about what's ever on your mind. Now, when you hear us talking about a certain stock or a story of interest to you, please remember to tell your friends and family. I really would appreciate you spreading the word. You know, we do this radio show in the Bay Area live and we stream it on our website. And then you can podcast replays, I don't know, within a short period of time after the show, we, we post the podcast, so it's right there. Anyways, make yourself heard. Time to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. It's a Tuesday Invest Talk. July is moving fast. Only five more trading days this month. Is your portfolio matched? Matched to your risk tolerance? If not, you aren't maximizing your investment opportunities while balancing your risk load. Let Steve, Justin, or investtalk.com help you with this important objective. Check out the varied investing strategy programs offered by KPP Financial. There's one to match your risk tolerance. 
But now, Steve's here, ready, and taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go talk to Bill in Fremont. How you doing, Bill? Want to talk about Square? Oh, yes, I do. How you doing, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Good. Yeah, the reason I'm calling is my son's really interested in investing. He's 21. He's going to college. But he he picked up this app. uh, I'm sure you heard of Square, how it works. And he just wants to know the fundamentals Mm -hmm. and the technicals, if you don't mind. Sure. Sure. Square Inc., everybody. And they provide point-to-sell software to manage receipts, inventory, sales reports with analytics and feedback. They're most famous for this little square thing you plug into your pad, your phone, or whatever, and you can run a credit card through it, and it will charge you know, whoever it is. It's really a neat little device. It really is. And you have a piece of software on your pad or your your phone, and you, know, you can charge people for sales, point-to-point sales, you know. Uh, they are growing very, very fast, okay? They were losing money for several years, from 2012 to 2015. But starting 2016, they started to turn around. They made $0.04 cents that, share, that year per share, $0.27 cents in 2017. They're going to make an estimate of $0.46 cents this year, and then next year the estimate is $0.80 cents a share. You can see how fast that is. I mean, $0.80 yeah. cents a share yeah. from... Four cents a share in three, four years. That's great. Sales are growing about 35, 40% per quarter. So that's why the stock is $69. You're going to make 80 cents. Because 80 cents into $69 is what? Let's see. 10, 16, that's 40. Uh, so that's like 60, 70 PE range. So from that point of view, it's expensive. But if they can keep up this growth, it's well worth it. I would probably wait. They have very good numbers. I, I would probably wait for a pullback because it's done nothing but go up. Had a down day today. So maybe you're going to get a pullback and then pick it up. But it's a really good company. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I was pleased with your interest in our personalized one-on-one portfolio review. So I will be returning to San Jose. On August 29th, no cost to you. You can register. You have to register because I got to set up time during the day. So call. You you can register. You can go to investtalk.com. That's where you register. Our show is off to a good start. There's still time for you to submit your questions. So give me. Are you already subscribed to the Invest Talk podcast? If not, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And once you've subscribed, listen, rate, and review. Your comments allow us to improve our Invest Talk programming. And now we're taking your financial or investing questions live. 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Love to hear from you. Uh, existing home sales. Third month in a row, they've fallen. Okay, this is for June. Fell. Okay, the, and the report came out on Monday. It's out by the National Association of Realtors. That's who puts that out every month. Every month. Now, most experts say it's because of supply constraints. And that was the reason for the weak sales. Now, I'm okay with that being 
one of the reasons and maybe even the prime reason. But I'm not so convinced that there's not showing the first cracks in our economy. Although, you know, without hope, this second quarter, our GDP number, some of the, some I've seen as high as 5.3% GDP growth. I don't think it's going to be that high, but I've seen that. None of that, whatever it is, it's going to be over four probably, but none of it is attributed to housing. Housing didn't grow the second quarter. And remember, housing, our housing market is one of our pillars of strength. And it's not going to add one thing to our GDP. So the rest of the GDP is coming from everywhere, everything else, but not housing. And what's happening is you're seeing a little fewer houses sold, 5.38 million they, you know, rise down to 5.41 million or 4.3 million the month before. So you're seeing just a little bit of crack. Why? Well, they say it's a housing shortage, but maybe it also has something to do with prices getting to a point where it's unaffordable for a lot of people. And besides that, there's, besides the fact that there's not a lot of houses out there, price affordability and the mortgage rate creeping up over this recent quarter because the Fed is pushing up interest rates. Now, the median house price has gone up about 5.2% year over year. Okay? And that was this, you know, just re in June, the median price went to $276,900 and that was the 76th consecutive month of year-on-year -year price gains. And you can't tell me that that does not have some impact on buyers, it starts to exclude buyers. They can't afford two hundred seventy-six thousand nine hundred. They can't afford the mortgage, uh, so that's got to have effect. And I think, personally, I really do think that this is our first sign that the economy is actually uh, going to start leveling off at the very least in the housing. You know, it might take. A year, two years. I'm not, you know, I'm not expecting anything soon. But housing is a pretty important leg of our economy, and it's not doing that great. It's not bad. I don't want to give you the impression that it's doing terrible. And, and, and yes, maybe the majority of the problem is supply, but uh, it, there's other reasons that's starting to show up too that are a problem. Let's go to James, who is in Virginia. How you doing, James? I'm good, Steve. Uh, thanks for the program. I uh, love listening to you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so I have a question about a, a, a mutual fund I'm invested in in my Roth IRA. It's a Janice Henderson fund. It's JFRDX. It's the 40 fund. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's 2040 I've, target data ahead, fund? Yeah. Is it a 2040 uh, yeah, target data fund? Uh, it shouldn't be a, I don't think it's a dated fund. No, it's, it's their 40 fund. I think it's the, the fund they're looking at to, uh, it's, it's 40 concentrated large cap funds, uh, looking for wide modes. Okay. Uh, it's got some of the FANG stocks in it, some of the bigger names. Um, and I was in, right. I've been in this, well, this fund for a bit. I was in Janus for hard, almost 20 years in a, a previous fund, but when they merged with Henderson, the previous fund I was in went away and they rolled everything into this fund. Right. So right. 
And what I was going for, what I'm looking for, is on my 401k, I'm pretty heavily invested in stocks, like 85% S&P 500, 10% international, 5% small cap. And with my Roth, I was looking for something a little bit more aggressive, a little more focused. Uh Um, I'm about 20 years from retirement. uh, And is this still a good fund for me to be in? Should I be looking elsewhere? Uh, The expense ratio is about 0.8. So what do you think? I think that you probably would do, uh, if you're going to want to be focused on more growth, I would definitely go to, you know, when you the smaller part of the market, not the larger companies. When you talk about large cap, even blue chip, even the fang stocks, you know, they have limited growth usually compared to the smaller cap stocks. So if you wanted to up your risk, go for growth, you probably go to a small cap company a small cap mutual fund as opposed to a okay. big cap now now okay. don't get me wrong it, the the fang stocks have worked very well and you know they've done great but we're talking you know time 20 years you know the, that's not where that's not where you're going to get the growth in the big cap companies over the 20 years you won't okay. so okay. that would be my so, suggestion uh, probably- there's nothing wrong with this fund though nothing wrong with the fund okay Appreciate the call. Thanks, James. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, six common myths about estate planning. I will sort through the misconceptions to help you create a prosperous future in your heirs. Tomorrow, that's tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here ready to answer your questions. 888-99-CHART. Our Invest Talk podcast continues. One of KPP Financial's solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzle is our balanced income portfolio. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you don't feel comfortable with? That's what this program is all about, the balanced income portfolio from KPP Financial. And remember, as with each KPP program, the principles at KPP are invested right along with you. Would you like to know more about it? The Balanced Income Portfolio? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts, or you can ask Steve about it directly. Just click on the Contact Steve button on investtalk.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial where the principal's interests are aligned with that of their clients by the KPP practice of parallel investing. This means that one or more of the firm's principals are invested in each of KPP's programs, so every client can be assured that investment decisions made on their behalf are carefully considered because KPP personal investment accounts participate at equal price and percentages. You can learn more at investtalk.com. Do you want to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Nathan from San Jose, and I was just wondering what you thought about the Michaels company. M-I-K. Recently, after the earnings, they uh, took a pretty strong toll downwards, and uh, last week had a good, good rebound week coming up to $19.74. I'm putting a price target between $23 and $24 and was just wondering 
uh, what you thought about that. Thank you, guys, in advance. Really enjoy the show. Bye. This is Michael's company, symbol M-I-K, operates 1,238 Michael's, 97 Aaron Brothers stores, and 36 Pat Catton stores offering framing, arts, and crafts, that kind of thing. Um, they are going to make $2.29. That's the estimate for this year. Uh, they're, and and $2.44 for next year's. And it's a $20 stock. So that's well below 10 That's like an 8 7 point something PE, 8 PE. Sales are fairly flat uh, to, you know, maybe 3 to 5%. So the sales aren't great either. But I like Michael's, and we own this in one of our managed accounts. We bought it not too many months ago, a couple of months ago, when it fell hard from 27 all the way down to 19 and hit a lot of support around 19, 18, 15, 19. Uh, and it started coming back in the beginning of June and then fell sharply back to the lows and now it's coming back again. It's at $20.17 today, up 1.31%. Um, I like it because it's really inexpensive. It's, and it should, our value is close to $30. And, you know, it should float up there. It should. I, I like the company because they don't have debt. They have a strong return on equity. They have pretty good earnings growth. And I'm a little concerned about the sales growth, but you know, I've looked into them, and I think they're going to turn that around. Um, and I, I think that you know, if you're looking for value stock, this is a good value stock. Michaels, M-I-K. They don't pay a dividend, so don't you don't buy it for dividend. You buy it for cap appreciation, and I do think it's going to go back up to... $30 a share, or at least to 28 or so, 20 to $30. And, you know, on a $20 base, try to remember how much that is on a percentage, okay? That's that's pretty high percentage, 30, 35% or so. Yeah, I'll take that. MIK is a symbol, everybody. Now, Venezuela inflation is barreling toward a million percent, according to a marketwatch.com an article. And by the way, that's 2,700% a day, a day, okay? And in and South America, it's the only country that's scheduled to shrink in GDP this year and next, about 5% uh, in 2019. 2018 this year, 18%. Why? Why? Do you remember that they were a free economic society at one point uh, and private industry was pretty vibrant in the country? And then the government nationalized oil, which is their biggest export, of course, and a bunch of other industries ruining the whole, whole economic system they had, just ruining it. And they start, of course, ruining it and people voted the guy, people, this guy in who's now been re-elected again. Most people think it's kind of rigged. Because he said he'd give them free stuff. This is what happens when you get free stuff from the government. You ruin the whole economy. So the con... The, the, and we're talking about a million percent inflation here. That means you have a wheelbarrow of, of money that you can maybe buy a loaf of bread. That means the black market is trading in probably dollars and euros. That means your economy, no one wants to work for anybody because you can't, you can't get paid enough fast enough. It ruins the economy. 
Not uncommon in Latin America, every so often. So here you are, now you got poverty everywhere because we're going to give you free stuff. And they keep printing money like this because they're promising to give everybody free things. See, it does not work. Nothing is free. So when you when your government tells you, even our government, we're going to get you know we're going to give you this, and you're going to get this Social Security benefits. Well, that has to pay. Someone has to pay for that. That can't be just paid for. We're going to give you welfare. That has to come from somewhere. All that has to be taxed. Government employees. Government employees, who, how do you think they get paid? They get paid by tax dollars. So you gotta. that's why the Federal Reserve is so keen on inflation. It can't let it get out of control. This is what it looks like, Venezuela, when it does get out of control. You can't, you know, you can't buy things. Your economy tanks and stays bad. And so... Just, it's a good lesson that a free economic system works very, very well. Yes, it has problems, but it has a lot less problems than other systems, than a socialist or a communist dictatorship. Those, those systems have much more problems. Don't believe me? Look at the USSR. Look at North Korea. Look at any country where there's a dictator and see how poor the poor are, how big the middle class is. And why did China move away from a communist, top-down, dictate economic system to a more free economic system? Because it works. That's why. As most of you know, we encourage your financial investing questions live each weekday on Invest Talk. I do appreciate it during the radio program. And we're always live 4 to 5, Monday through Friday, Pacific Time. But we also accept your questions around the clock, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, same number, 888-99-CHART. So don't be afraid to call after hours and leave your question. We'll record your call and then play it back on the next day, usually. We try to do that next day. We really try and make a big effort. And now I'm here taking your investment financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live at 4 p.m. Pacific time each weekday, and also available 24-7 via archive podcast at investtalk.com. Be sure to subscribe to Invest Talk on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then take a second to rate and review. And here's a special advisory for our Northern California Invest Talk listeners. Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose on August 29th. Yes, Steve will be conducting personalized one-on-one -on -one portfolio reviews in San Jose. This is a no-cost opportunity to make your money work harder for you. August 29th, appointments are free, but space is limited. Register now through the InvestTalk page link at investtalk.com. And now, the lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your financial or investing questions live, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin, uh, big fan of the show. Just had a quick question. I'm a new investor and I started looking at the, some of the stocks on your show and also some online research. Uh, people usually look at the 200-day average or some sort of uh, technical analysis regarding to that. I'm curious where online I can find like moving averages for these stocks. Is there some way to calculate those or is that 
is there some resource I can use to see online for a lot of stocks that I'm interested in, but I'm not sure what's a good buying point. Uh, we'll be listening to the podcast for the answer. Thank you. Bye. Yes, it's very easy. Go to sharp, sharp charts, sharp charts dot com shop sharp charts dot com and uh, what you can do is you can put in individual stock symbols and they'll pull up that chart then you can build the chart they have a number on the bottom of the chart they have a number of uh, attributes or overlays and you can overlay three moving averages okay so you click on click on the overlay and say okay there's a lot of overlays, but if you click on overlay and type and look for the simple moving average, you can put that in and the number, the parameters are the days or minutes or whatever, but you're going to you're going to pull up a daily chart of this, of a stock, and that's also there. And you just play with it. And the most common, you can put 20-day, 50-day, 200-day moving averages, and it'll build it consistently all the time. You can save your parameters and build it. I always use a 20, 50, 200 on this particular free chart program if I'm going to use it. Um, and every time you put a new symbol, it automatically fills in the chart. You can see it. There's a lot of parameters. Chart attributes are, you can go, I use a daily one-year chart. A daily one-year chart. That's where you start with on the chart attributes. And below that is overlays, which is the moving averages. I put those in. And below that is what indicators. And I like the RSI, the MACD. You know, there's different indicators you could put in. Different kinds of charts, too. I like a point figure chart, but there's different kinds. You need to read up on chart reading. How to, how to figure out and look at a chart. But it's not hard. And pretty soon you'll be an expert at it. After about 10,000 charts. Maybe 20,000. <laughs> I've looked at so many. I, I wonder how many charts I've actually looked at in my life. Don't know that. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. The Dow was up 197 points today. The NASDAQ was down 1. And the S&P was up 13. Now, the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ was up 87 points at one point today. 87. Led by Google, which ended up being up 3%, by the way, because of earnings. Okay, it was up 87 points and then ended down one point. The volume of shares in the NASDAQ Composite was up 23% today. The volume in the Dow Jones was up less than 1%, and so was the S&P, less than 1%. The volume of, and volume I'm referring to the number of trades made in stock, stock trading. So there's a huge amount of volume increase in the NASDAQ composite, and you had what we call a reversal day, where it was up big, and it was actually made new highs, and then reversed down and, made, and lost a point. What does this mean? doesn't mean anything. It is kind of important. If you're looking at reversal days, you want to see the numbers of stocks on that reversal day that are falling to be about 90%. In other words, very broad fall in the reversal day. And if there isn't that many, then there's not a lot to take away from this kind of reversal. Okay? 
What you're looking for is a reversal day and then another follow-through day tomorrow. And the next day, you're looking for follow-through days on high volume. Well, you have the high volume in the NASDAQ, but is it high volume and where most of the stocks reversed downward? So that's what you're looking for. And I haven't done enough study to figure this out yet today, but I don't worry about it until a couple of days, an hour, right? Just like everything else, it's easy to recognize things in the past. You know, say, okay, two weeks from now, the market falls. Oh, that was a reversal day two weeks ago. See, you should have reacted back then. That's called chart fitting, where you fit the circumstances, and then you go say, see, that's how I knew they would have reversed. But try to do that going forward. Much more difficult. Much more difficult going forward. Right? Because that would be today. Is today a reversal day? then why don't you get out if it is? Or cut back, or take some profits, or put some defensive stocks in. Because you don't know. It might have been just a one-day thing. Who, you, know, you don't know. You don't know until the pa it becomes the past, and you have to look back. We have a voicemail coming up. Uh, there's there's no need to wait. If you want to call, you can call anytime you want. 888-99-CHART. Here's a question that came in earlier. Hey, what's up, Steve and Justin? This is uh, Kevin giving you guys a call. I have a question about GE. Wondering if it's a good time to buy, and if not, uh, curious what you guys think a good entry point is for General Electric. I'll be listening on the podcast. Love your guys' show. Thanks for all that you guys do. Okay, from a charting point of view, looking at GE, this is a bottom. It's the third bottom it's hit the same price area. So that would indicate that the, the stock should bounce from here because it's done it twice before. And it looks like strong support. It's at $13.12 right now. So the June quarter, they grew 3% their sales. They're going to make a dollar four next year. That's the estimate. And it's a $13 stock. So that's a little less than 13 PE. And a five-year range is 16 to 90. So I think it is a valid company to take a shot. I mean, we're talking about a company that's $113 billion strong. Big company. Pays a 3.7% dividend. So if you're going to take a shot at GE, if you want to own GE, I think this is a good point to buy. I think, I think it is. I would like to see some strength come back into it before I bought it. But... This is the area that you start looking and maybe wait for a few days, see if it starts to recover, and then pick it up. Because I think, you know, it's cheap. And I don't think it's a value trap. I think GE is going to be around a long time. They make money. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to lose. They're going to make money next year and the year after. They're losing 22 cents per share in 2017. They lost 22 cents. So they're going to make money this year and next year. Next year, 96, the year after, dollar four. You know, they're reorganizing. I mean, they're re, you know, when I say that, they're selling off a bunch of different divisions. Our Tuesday show is heading for the finish line, everybody. You got through. We got very little time left. 888 99Chart. On the next Invest Talk, six common myths about estate planning. 
Steve Peasley will sort through the misconceptions of estate planning to help you create a more prosperous future for your family. That's tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, 888-99-CHART. Hi guys, this is Paul calling from Sacramento. I had a question regarding the allocation of stocks or, or holdings in your portfolio. I hear you guys say a lot, you know, you don't three to five percent of your portfolio should be any one holding. I was kind of curious if you could expand a little bit on how you decide what you hold more of or less of, if it's market cap price or 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 what. I've got about fifteen ish holdings in my account, five different um, ETFs and then some individual stocks. But you know, I want to make sure I have I'm putting the right amount of money for the best um, you know possible growth. Um, across the board, and I know there's no magic pill or, or magic formula, but just kind of like your your thoughts and the way you go about it when you're formulating your portfolios. I appreciate it. Uh, love the show. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we generally don't buy more than about than three percent of indie individual stock, and no more than fifteen to twenty percent of indie individual sector, because we want to have diversification. You can go to 5% if you're buying ETFs. That's not a problem because those are already diversified, right? There's a bunch of stocks inside an ETF. Or if your portfolio is very small, don't go more than 5% of any one stock because you're concentrating your risk. And we don't want to do that. You want to have proper risk management of the portfolio. You want to have proper diversification. Um, and that means you don't load up on one stock or one sector. You don't load up. Yeah, you know, a lot of people will may they may disagree with me, but uh, if, if it's been proven over and over and over again, when you concentrate, you have a very good chance of losing money over long periods of time, because you have 20% of a particular stock might do well today, but what happens if uh, three years from now and that stock becomes 30% of your portfolio because it grew and you still held on to it, and then it hit something bad and tanked on you that controls your whole portfolio. It's not good portfolio management. So I like 3% of any one stock. Um, you can go to five if you have a smaller portfolio. Uh, you can go to five or even higher if you're gonna buy ETFs or mutual funds, not a problem, because they'll be diversified inside them. And uh, those are just some general concepts and rules that you can go by. You gotta set up your own rules but they got to make sense, and you got to know why you've set them up. And then you got to implement those rules. But a lot of people tend not to do that. Then every year, at least once a year, you've got to rebalance your portfolio to see if anything's gotten out of balance. Some things may have fallen dramatically, and maybe you need to get out of them and look for something better. Or maybe you need to add them to put the balance back in, add to them. I don't like adding to losers, but sometimes it's, you know, advisable. Depends on the stock. Okay. Okay. 35% of the S&P 500 stocks, or 174 companies, are going to report earnings this week. That is a ton in one week. That is a lot. Now, have we had a good earnings season? Remember, earnings season comes out around every quarter. It starts about two weeks. It, can st it starts right after the end of the quarter. But the, the quote-unquote earnings season does. 
But about two weeks after is when they start to flood in. And here we are, what, third week into it? A little over three weeks into it? So numbers are flooding in. So how have we done? Earnings, how have we done? Well, they've been pretty strong. 80, the, the number of companies beating their estimates in sales is 87%. Beating their earnings, 77%. Okay, remember, sales, earnings. That is pretty high. That's better than the last five years. But I want to warn you, it is common for the majority of the companies to beat their earnings expectations. Remember who's putting those earnings expectation numbers out there? The quote-unquote experts. And remember what they do before earnings season starts. They lower the estimates because they want the companies that are reporting to beat them. Remember why they want to beat them. The experts make money when people invest in the stock market. They want excitement about the stock market. They want to go up. So they kind of manage your expectations. And that's exactly what they do every quarter. So this is more than normal, though. I will say that. More than normal. That's it for this busy Tuesday, everybody. Another Best Talk show destined to be posted on our podcast player on the library at investtalk.com. Thank you for listening, and please come back tomorrow. I'll be here. I'm Steve Peasley. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights. 